Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave of the Cross Apologetics. I'm Patrick. And I'm Tony. And uh, hopefully uh, not a whole lot of dust is collected on your book since the last time when you joined us for Tactics, the 10th anniversary edition by Craig Kokel, a game plan for discussing your Christian walk. Um, uh, con- convictions, I'm sorry. And um, uh, so far, we've we've talked about the, uh, the the Columbo tactic, the biggest tactic. It's broken down into three parts. We've covered two of them, and essentially, what they boil down to is two questions. The two big questions you can ask is uh, how how do you know that, mm-hmm. or how, how do you mean how, by that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? Yeah. How do you know that? And how did you come to that conclusion? So yeah. those are the kind of the two parts of of uh, a three part step within this. Uh, very important tactic, and so uh, we've covered two of them so far. And in the chapter today, we're kind of taking a stop to say, <coughs> well, if we can use these, what if it's used against us? Mm-hmm. And so um, we, uh, we, we'll, we'll get into kind of the, 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 the bigger implication of that, uh, but uh, today we're, we're talking about um, uh, kind of two uh, steamrolls maybe yeah, that, uh, yeah. that we'll encounter with people. <laughs> Now he does have a chapter on steamrolling. Well, that's and true too. He does have a chapter on uh, you know how to defend against the Columbo uh, tactic, right. and uh, so this one is kind of um, uh, he's going to give us a couple of rescue devices right. when folks ask us uh, you know uh, questions with regard to this, right? So as you know, as you mentioned, the first two Columbo questions um, uh, are vital. Uh, in uh, keeping us in the driver's seat while, uh, you know, while our tactical game plan unfolds. Right. So it, we all we're doing to, is asking questions. That's right. Yeah. So they can also be handy to get you out of tight spots as well. Right. So that's what he wants to talk about today. How do we get out of tight spots? What's a tight spot? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. He says, uh, you might find yourself in two specific uh, circumstances in which you're all, um, you know, you are awkwardly on the defensive. That's right. Now, remember, we want to be on the offensive. So, uh, so when we're on the defensive, that's kind of not where we want to be. Right. right. Now, we, it's okay for us to want to, uh, and in fact, to defend our position. In fact, We want people to ask us the Columbo questions, right? We want them to say, you know, what do you mean by gospel? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll tell you what the gospel is. Yeah, right? Right, right. How did you come to that conclusion? We want that, right? So we don't shy away from those questions, right? right? But we don't want to be on the defensive with regard to questions that uh, are um, uh, puts the other person in the driver's seat, right? And they control the conversation, right? And so he's going to talk to us about two of these specific circumstances. The first one is he calls the professor's ploy. Right? And the second one is getting out of the hot seat. So let's let's begin with the professor's ploy. What in the world is the professor's Great. ploy? Right. Well, uh, he says some professors are fond um, of taking pot shots at Christianity with remarks like, the Bible is just a bunch of fables. <laughs> and he says, well-meaning believers sometimes take up this challenge and attempt a head-to-head duel with the professor. Right. Now, notice the Bible is just a bunch of fables. That is a claim that the professor has made. Mm-hmm. right? 
And and as we have been learning, if a person is making a claim, it's their responsibility to defend it, not our responsibility right. to defend against it. Right. At right. least they, not initially, right? We say that they have the burden of proof exactly. for, for that. Right. They, they've made the assertion. <clears throat> now it's up to them to be able to defend that. Yes. And so he says, well-meaning believers sometimes take up the challenge and attempt a head-to-head duel here, right? right? He says, don't make this mistake. It's right-hearted. But wrong headed. Right. right. Yeah, you can launch into all the facts that you know, the the, the first chapter of of, uh, of new evidence that demands verdict. You could have it memorized and the the you you you're constantly giving out fact after fact, five thousand manuscripts and attestation and here's the here's here's the way that it was translated through all these centuries and here's <laughs> here's the different types of, of issues that we can run into and here's all the, the counterclaims to that and all the professor has to do is go. Uh, nope, that's not true. That's not. <laughs> well, okay, but now we have to use the Colombo tactics in yeah. order to uh, put him uh, in the, the the burden of proof seat. Exactly, and that's what he tells yeah. us. We just use our Colombo questions at this point and let the professor explain himself or herself, right? I mean, they've made the claim, so we ask the question and allow them to be the professor. Right, yeah, yeah, that's what you're paying them for. But he says that there's a ploy that can be made. Made, right, um, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a pitfall. It's it's a distraction. Right, it's intended to kind of derail our efforts. Right, and so the professor may sense our maneuver and then try to turn the tables on us, as it were. And so he says that the uh, professor might say something like this. Um. Oh, you must be one of those fundamental Christians who thinks the Bible is the inspired word of God. Okay, I'm a fair man, and we have a little extra time. Why don't you take a moment and prove to the rest of the class that the Bible is not filled with fables? Whoa. Yeah. Okay, now go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we do have a little time, so yeah. 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 In two minutes, prove that the Bible is not (laughs) filled with fables. So now what do you do, right? Here, the, the, you know, the professor's kind of turned the tables on you after you've asked him a few Columbo questions right. there, right? Now, so uh, uh, Greg Coco tells us we shouldn't take the debate. You know, the why don't you prove me wrong ploy is, mm. is what's going on here, right? No, no, no. We should shift the burden back where it belongs on the one who made the claim. After all, you haven't made any claim yet. Right. You've just been asking questions. Right. right. I mean, you might think that this is the perfect opportunity to present the gospel. This is your one and only shot to talk to 30, 150, however <laughs> what the size of the room is. Uh, you know, you've got your facts. He's got his. And, you know, you're, you're given the, the last two minutes of, of the game to, to make the push for the gospel. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's probably not going to be your, your your best tactical route to take. Right, right. Uh, since, you know, he's in control of the microphone, so to speak. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we shift the burden of proof where it belongs back on the one who made the claim. He's the one that made the claim. He is the one or she is the one that's responsible for backing up the claim they made, not you being responsible for proving them wrong, mm-hmm. right? right? And so he suggests we respond uh, something like this. Uh, Professor, I actually haven't said anything about my own view. (laughs) 
all uh, for all you know, I could be on your side. My own view is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter what I believe. I'm just a student trying to learn. I'm asking for clarification. I'm wondering if you have good reasons. That's all. Right. And this is chemistry class. What are we talking about? Yeah. This for? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, um, so what we've done now is put the burden back on the professor. Right? right, because the professor tried to put the burden on us, right. and we haven't even made a claim, right? right. right. And so we just admit it, you know. I, well, I haven't really said my view. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know. I'm just asking questions and asking you to clarify what you're saying. Right, you're kind right. of playing the hot potato with the burden of proof, and yeah. what you've said is, no, 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 I didn't ask for this. You're <laughs> the one that lit the potato on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and so uh, you know, he. Um, if he gives an answer, thank him for explaining himself, and either ask another question. Or you let it go for the time being, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we don't need to be afraid uh, of um, uh, to question our professors. Go figure, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, let me say that again. We don't need to be afraid to question our professors. In right. fact, that's what we should be doing, questioning our professors. Right. They're the ones yeah. that are, as you said, being paid to be able to answer the questions, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah, they have the knowledge. We don't. Yeah. So challenge them on their terms, though, not, uh, I'm sorry, on our terms, right? right? Not on their terms. And, of course, we we're to do it with um, grace and respect and tact. Right. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and and that, that's what the questions are, are designed to do. You're, you're going to shift the burden of proof back onto them, which is originally theirs to, to start with. And you're going to ask, uh, you know, uh, how, how do you know that? And, um, um or uh, what, yeah. what do you mean by that? And, yeah. and how did you come to that conclusion? Exactly. And, and because that person's a professor, they've probably done this a, a hundred times before. There might be something within those questions that you're ans asking that you're going to get an, an interesting uh, education on. Yeah, exactly. Again, like you said, th they're the professor for a reason. They, <laughs> and hopefully they have something to teach you. Even if you vehemently disagree with it, you can um, utilize that time to come up with a, a proper understanding from their perspective of, you know, what whatever information that they're, you know, uh, ho hopefully this isn't just coming up in, you know, a conversation where you're reading Romeo and Juliet and all of a sudden <laughs> that there's a soliloquy in there about, you know, God being dead or, you know, what, what, what have you. Um, so hopefully there's, there's, you know, uh, uh, an exchange of ideas that you can get out of this and, and you can still drive maybe, um, you know, with the little bit of time you have left, uh, a, a conversation that might challenge that. And so for the people in the class who are, are listening, that they can um, kind of pick up that uh, uh, the, the professor's being challenged. And they might come to you afterwards and ask follow-up questions or, you know, you might end up dealing with it throughout the rest of the semester. Yeah, yeah, good. So he says, um, whenever anyone, professor or otherwise, makes a controversial claim and then says, you prove me wrong, <laughs> don't play their game, right? Don't let them make you do the work that they should be doing. They made the claim, right? So here's the principle that he wants us to understand from this. He says that um, you are in control of your side of the conversation, you don't have to allow yourself to be dragged into a compromising p position you do not want to be in. Don't be nasty or defensive, <clears throat> but don't allow yourself to be bullied. When you stay in the question mode, 
you're in the safety zone, right? right? So you're in charge of your side of the conversation. So as long as you don't stand up in class and say, "Uh, Jesus, Lord, everyone here will burn into hell, (laughs) then no one can use the Columbo questions against you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the the second um, kind of uh, issue that uh, we have is called uh, getting out of the hot seat. Whoa. Yeah, I, well, it sounds like we were just in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, if your grade is on it, I think Ben Shapiro always has the thing about if you're talking politics in class, get the A rather than, you know, have the argument. And <laughs> you, you, you Go might for the win, A, not the argument. You might win the battle but lose the war type deal. Uh, and I think that's that's pretty solid. But, you know, th- there have been times where, where I've been in a class where, um, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, the modern worldview. And so we're reading um, books about how the formation of the worldview of, of, of kind of how we got to the modern worldview, what, what encompassed it. And, you know, I had a, a bonus question one time by the professor and uh, I made my, my, my claim that uh, uh, evolution would be one of those um, kind of areas where it would overturn in, in the next, you know, however many years of what the question yeah. asked. And I got bonus points for it and he had a smiley face and said, oh, very cool. interesting. So, you know, the, 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 it's not, not that I viewed this person as hostile by any means, but sometimes you just don't know when you're putting it there. So I felt it was okay to put a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, old English on yeah, a bonus question. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, it, it is okay to, to have those type of discussions. Yeah. I thought it was a good question too. <laughs> uh, so uh, here the hot seat is uh, people that kind of know more than you. And so obviously you understand why Tony took the professor one and I took the <laughs> people know more than you. So that's pretty easy to, to suss out there. Uh, but getting on the hot seat, sometimes you will face an aggressive challenger you're not equipped to handle and you are in over your head he or she is in the driver's seat mm. and so um I, I'm, I'm sure we have all done this we've all watched youtube debates and you're like oh i can take this challenge and this challenge and then someone will say oh well you know the metaphysical claim of utilizing the greek uh, uh personal pronouns of this and you're just well I, I was doing good yeah. against this imaginary opponent but I, I couldn't even imagine what the rejoinder would be to um, this person who who knows a lot and you know they're they're the big atheist I would not win in this conversation yeah. Yeah. okay first take a breath <laughs> we don't need to feel under pressure to immediately answer every question asked mm. instead practice what uh, uh, Greg Coco calls here a little uh, uh, conversational Aikido. And so, so, so are you saying that we don't need to, to, to be able to answer every question? I money? hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Now it is always good to, to, uh, have a proper understanding and we'll get into a little bit in, in uh, later chapters as well. Um, but you know, sometimes you just come, come up with, uh, you know, someone who has, you know, this, this, this big grand understanding of exactly the life in, First century Jerusalem during Roman occupation, mm. and so when you're when you're um, talking about the life of Christ or um, how uh, the crucifixion might have happened, this person could just kind of steamroll you with fact after fact mm. of you know there, there's no reason for Jesus to have been buried in, uh, in a tomb. Why why, why is that? Where, where is that? And <laughs> and uh, you know I was just watching a debate on on just that question of what whether or not Jesus was buried in the tomb, and there's a lot of interesting ideas out there, and so you might not have. Uh, an answer for even the outlandish ones, yeah. let alone the, yeah. the the big ones. And yeah, so, she would be even thinking having an answer for outlandish questions. I mean, goodness knows. Right? Yeah, right. If that's the case, every wild question, I mean, you know, where would it end? Right. right. And th- there are quite a few if you've been out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, pr- practice uh, what, what's what's called this uh, conversational Aikido. And so Aikido is kind of this, this kind of martial art 
where you're utilizing the other person's kind of momentum uh, in your favor. And so mm-hmm. um, the, the minute that you feel overmatched, shift from persuasion mode to fact-finding mode. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing with the Columbo mode. We're asking the the two questions, what do you mean by that? And uh, how, how did you um, how do you come to that conclusion? Yeah. And so that's kind of you're your, your, your asking that question to to um, kind of move the conversation along to, to where you want. But now you're really trying to figure out what they're being, what, what they're talking about and how did they come to that conclusion? But again, we're still utilizing those two questions. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he, here, you know, you're we're just kind of staying on track. So it could s- sound something like this. It sounds like, you know, a lot more about this than I do. Mm. I've said that a lot of times and it's good. It's humbling. It makes you a real person. You don't have to have, you know, especially if you're if you're doing this behind a keyboard and you're talking to somebody, it's easy to hit Google and pretend that you know a lot more than what you're talking about. And so it's also hard to clarify. But yeah. you know, here you're having a conversation with somebody. It's honest. It's humble. It's you yeah, know, right. You know, and, it's, uh, I think it's respectable yeah. for someone to say, I don't know, especially yeah. in this day and age. If, if you were talking to an atheist and they say, well, boy, I just don't know about this. Can you give me some time? You'd probably have just the same respectful you know, conclusion to that. So you might say, you know, uh, you have some interesting ideas. The problem is all this is new information to me. I wonder if you could do me a favor. I really want to understand your points, but you need to slow down so I can get it right. Would you take a moment to carefully explain your views and your reasons for it to help me understand better? Mm. So you're just saying, wow, this is really new. Uh, can you explain it maybe in a little bit more detail? Can we go back to your first point because you're on point six. So that's that's uh, um, kind of how to how to tee it up a little bit. And so uh, when all your questions have been answered and the conversation by saying the magic words, let me think about that for a minute. Wow, that's magic <laughs> words, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> You've given me a lot of think about, can we come back to this? And mm. that might not always uh, be able to, to done be done because, you know, you could be heading on train A, they could be heading <laughs> on train B later. And so just take it as an educational point. Maybe you're able to ask some clarifying questions that might get them to think about something that, that uh, you're able to kind of know about. Um, but this is kind of the assumption that someone is, uh, you know, giving you all this information mm. that you're having mm-hmm. a conversation mm-hmm. to where you might be able to come back to it. So let me think about it. Maybe we can talk about this more later. Mm. These mm. words, let me think about it, are like magic because once you say them, you free yourselves from any obligation to respond further at that moment. Right. Then you go back and you find all the books you can on the subject. You write down all the all the points that you can kind of remember that they made that mm-hmm. were convincing to you, that were mm-hmm. less convincing to you, that weren't convincing to you, and have responses to them. Right. Th- that's that's and, your and you may not. You know, be able to respond, as you mentioned, because they're in train B with that person. But now you've prepared yourself for anybody else that may have that question. Right. You can respond to them. Yeah. Right? And it's it, again, this isn't a, uh, you know, a, a torpedo where you go back and go, I've got a six page thesis here. You go back and you ask certain questions like, hey, remember when we were talking about this? I've, I've read a little bit more. And what it seems is this is the case. Mm-hmm. Can you Help me understand what you mean by this, or how did you come to that conclusion when these experts say differently? Right. And it might just start all over again. Hmm. And so you have to decide whether or not it's worth your time. And, uh, you know, if, if you're honestly considering learning more about it from a person who knows more than you. But, you know, uh, it's rare that you would come into contact with someone who knows, you know, a, a super abundance about, you know, whatever specific 
uh, item you're talking about, you know, yeah. um, uh, you might run into Tony and talk about the the problem of evil, <laughs> and he might be able to tell you the entire history from you know 1500 years of what different <laughs> philosophers have taught on problem of evil. Um, but I'd you know. probably start with uh, Genesis three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, th- that's um, kind of uh, the two uh, big points that. Uh, that um, we can come into conflict with is this professor, this uh, mode, and you know it, it could be someone who's not a professor. It could be a boss. It could be you know uh, someone of authority. It could be uh, someone who's uh, kind of has the uh, has the floor, so to speak. And then also meeting the person who knows way more than you. Greg Kokel here says uh, uh, when we uh, avoid questions, um, that may be the only recourse we have. Uh, when this happens, it may be helpful for you to, to narrate the debate to um, kind of kind of go with the flow and um, and and your Colombo questions are going to help clarify um, to you what you understand, what you don't understand, but still moving the conversation. Mm-hmm. So when a cherished view is at stake, it's not unusual for people to raise empty protest objections that sound worthwhile, but simply can't be defended once examined. Narrating the bait often exposes a lack of substance behind the bluster. So sometimes when that person's raging about how he's going to make you not a Christian by the end of the semester, uh, you know, he's done it to, you know, 13 classes before you and will probably continue to do it after you. And so it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where asking those questions of what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. And how did you come to that conclusion might kind of stop them. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I was not expecting you're supposed to sit there and take it or the person who knows a lot may only know up to a certain mo- a point where you ask them, what do you mean by that? And how did you come to that conclusion? So, you know, I read it, I read it in a book and I was able to regurgitate <laughs> it back to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, here's William Lane Craig who says this mm-hmm. in opposition to that. What, what do you, what do you mean by that? Though? Let me just say one more yeah. thing about what he says about near narrating the debate. He, he gives this as a, um, as a tip, right? right? Um, he says it's a simple way to bring clarity to a discussion or pull the curtain back on someone who is illicitly dodging your point, right? This person may try to change the subject or assert their particular um, point. So when this happens, it may be helpful for you to narrate debate. Take a moment to step outside of the conversation, in a sense, and describe to your friend the true, uh, I'm sorry, the, the turn the discussion has just taken. Right. In other words, you want to kind of step out and put the, uh, you know, the discussion on the table so both of you can look at it here. Right. He says you might want to say something like this. I want you to notice the turn our talk just took. First, you made a fairly controversial statement and I asked you a couple of questions about it. So far, you haven't answered them. Instead, you've taken off in another direction. Before we move on to a new topic, would it be okay? Uh, with you if we finish the old one. I'm really interested in your response, right? So what have you done here? Well, what you've done is uh, you've explained what has happened. That's what he means by narrating the uh-huh. debate, right? And, uh, and 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 that way it puts the, uh, you know, uh, it allows that person then to, uh, you know, puts the burden of proof back on that person for them to explain the original claim that they've made, right? So instead of them being, you know... Um, um, 
uh, you know, changing the subject and that sort of thing. Yeah, attacking you personally. And yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, so they attack, they they get, they name call and you say, well, let me, uh, you know, he says, wait a minute, right? He says, uh, notice what's happened here. I asked you a question, and what you did instead of answering the question is called me this particular name. Now, I may or may not be that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. but I like to hear what you have to say about the question that mm-hmm. I answer. I ask, right? So there, you've narrated debate, got them back on course, and and you can continue your discussion, right? And so he thinks that this is a, you know, this is kind of a tip, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's. Not quite the Aikido move, but right. it's but it's similar to it. It's right? a way of summarizing in clear terms the illicit move the person the other person in the conversation has made, such as avoiding an issue or offering cleverly worded deceptive or distorted reasons. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all good points. All all good to take a pause uh, before we move on to um, the third point in the Colombo uh, tactic, and uh, from there we'll uh, we'll cover chapters seven and eight yeah. next time. Thank you very much for joining us uh, again. Um, we appreciate all the, the watching and the listening that you do. And uh, if you can share it around, that'd be great as well. And uh, patreon.com slash gave the cross. And we appreciate our Patreon supporters. So thank you very much. Thank you. See you next time.